in the first movie, I thought Eddie Redmayne was really good. In this one, he's just veering very much towards kind of drippy. And that bit about, you know, he's going like, I, 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 I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not happy. I, I want you to be happy, but not because I'm happy, because I'm not. Hello and welcome to another magical edition of the Little Film Podcast. My name's Adam and with me tonight I've got Ollie. Hello. And Tony. Hey. We're recording in a different studio tonight. We normally record at Ollie's flat. Tonight we're recording at Tony's flat. Quite different vibes. It's very very low lighting you've got in here, Tony. Creating an atmosphere. It's that late night vibe. I could light a few candles. It's very like soft lighting, kind of soft shades in here have you have you been reading some of these hugger books Tony? is that what you're trying to create in here let's get a candle on come on (laughs) (laughs) have you got any marshmallows or can we brew up some hot chocolate just have some yaz that'd be the ultimate sponsor i think for the little film podcast would be yazoo milkshakes (laughs) so if you're listening out there any of you hot shot yaz executives (laughs) we do talk about yazoo a lot uh well what are we what are we discussing tonight then what film are we talking about Ollie, you're going to be very keen to get the name of the film right, I imagine, so I'll come to you first. So the name of the film, Adam, is uh, Fantastic Beasts. The Two. Cro- no. Oh. It's just Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I thought it was called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, The Crimes of Grindelwald, <laughs> or is it just Fantastic Beasts? Hang on. <laughs> Have I got that wrong? Tone, can you do a quick Google search, mate? Fantastic Beasts, colon... The Crimes of Grindelwald. Yes, I was right, except uh, I missed the colon. Yeah. <laughs> I'll forgive you. I, I okay. sort of, uh, yeah, I, yeah, came across in the intonation. I it's think. an important colon, though, to be fair. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the new movie from the Harry Potter universe, The Wizarding World. I should say, as always, that we're going to be doing this with spoilers. The three of us went to see this the other day, and we're now going to have a bit of a, a chat about it. A little chin wag. In depth. Uh, so this is very much for people who have seen the movie. But that being said, I'm just going to kick things off uh, with a, a quick synopsis. This comes from the online website RottenTomatoes.com. It's a bit, sorry, yeah, good to get the name right, yeah. isn't it? www.RottenTomatoes.com. HTTPS, www. Yeah, it's a secure website. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so <laughs> this synopsis is quite sort of heavy on names. So yeah. uh, I think it's very much assuming that you have either seen the first film or have some kind of knowledge of the Harry Potter situation. Uh, But this is what they've got. At the end of the first film, the powerful dark wizard Gellert Grindelwald, Johnny Depp, was captured by the Macusa Magical Congress of the United States of America with the help of Newt Scamander, Eddie Redmayne. But making good on his threat, Grindelwald escaped custody and has set about gathering followers, most unsuspecting of his true agenda, to raise up pure-blood wizards to rule over all non-magical beings. In an effort to thwart Grindelwald's plans, Albus Dumbledore, Jude Law, enlists his former student, Newt Scamander, who agrees to help, unaware of the dangers that lie ahead. Lines are drawn, as love and loyalty are tested, even among the truest friends and family, in an increasingly divided, wizarding world. Ooh. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks for the sound effect, Ollie. Saves you on to find one later, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Just sample that. You can use that whenever you want, mate. Can you do some good, like, Harry Potter sound effects as we're going along as well? Mm. Do, 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 do. That kind of thing. So we're going to give our scores in a second, but first of all, let's get a sense of what critics have been saying. Ollie, I think you've got the scores from the major movie websites. I do. So the current aggregator scores are the following. Uh, IMDb, 7. Rotten Tomatoes, 40%. And Metacritic, 53. It's a bit of a spread there again. Mm. None, of those, none of those matter, do they, Adam, those scores? It's all irrelevant. I don't know why we always uh, yeah. why we always. There's just a couple of scores that matter, them. isn't there? So. Uh, but the only scores that matter are... R3. What I want to know is who leaves these reviews, these star ratings on IMDb? Do you? No. no. Do you know anyone who rates movies on IMDb? No. But a lot of people do. There's thousands and hundreds of yeah. thousands. I do. But lots of people write massive long reviews as well. We get yeah, true. Other freaks just do a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Say, yeah, it's like, who are these like nerds? Like, <laughs> on to Who's got time to leave a star review that takes literally seconds on IMDb and not gather and spend two hours chatting at it in the podcast <laughs> gather with a large number of your friends that involves a lot of organization to get in the same room at the same time and time okay well let's get the scores from the three of us then i do have you know, i do have some idea of where you guys are going to be going on this because we broke our unbreakable vow uh, which we normally make a point of not discussing the films that we go to see at all until we get onto the podcast uh, but the three of us went to see this together and then we went out for dinner immediately afterwards and we did Could not talk we about did it. talk about it a bit so i do i do have an idea of where you're going to land on this but i don't know specifically what score you're giving it also so i'm the, interested uh, to find out david the uh, score enforcer wasn't out that <laughs> night either was he so we felt like we could you know get away with it he's not here tonight either <laughs> it's so. true actually david's he's the one who's most fuming like, when he hears this i'll be like yeah no i mean it was he's like don't talk about <laughs> it like, yeah dave we discussed it yeah we've <laughs> got a problem with that all right, who am I going to go to first? Tony, let's start with you. Out of 10, please. Five. Ollie. 4.5. Ooh. I'm going to give it four. Oh, wow. There you go. Harry Potter fan was not impressed. Right, well, this is interesting, actually. I, I, I was going to start by, by uh, sort of going around the room and, and, and we could all maybe give our kind of Harry Potter... CV, um, because I, you know, we Back, are. We've only got an hour, mate. Come on, <laughs> we're all coming to this from from very different angles. Yeah, as you say, I'm I'm a I'm a Potter fan. You know, so, some of us perhaps more into Harry Potter than others. Tony, you're not a Potter head at all, are you? I'm, I'm not like anti Potter, but uh, I think I read like the first ten chapters of the first book many years ago. Watched the first couple of films and maybe one of the later ones. Uh, and that's it. You did come with me to buy <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince when it came out. You queued Aww. with me at midnight to Aww. buy that book when How it came nice out. How that? I think it was more like a sort of, you know, I went along to sort of gore at everyone who was queuing up. <laughs> just feel like, just, yeah, heckle. It didn't stop because the local paper were there. Uh, reported from the local paper, I think, tried to interview you. Did interview me. And that was, yeah, the, the moment of one of my you know, one of my most embarrassing media uh, experiences when, you know, he was asking me, oh, you're a big Harry Potter fan. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I love the books. Yeah, I love all the books. He's like, oh, so um, who's your, your favourite character then? And I said, um, 
I think it would probably have to be Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice to say, that didn't appear in the paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'd actually forgotten about that. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, uh, do you know what? And that, uh, well, I'll come on to this in a moment. And it, it's actually probably applies to lots of franchises. Do we call Harry Potter a franchise these yeah. days? Mm. Uh, Cash cow. It's a universe. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I've, I have a certain sympathy with people who are into things I have a sympathy with people who are just really into things. There's a lot of things we do. There's a lot of things I do. We, you know, like we like cricket, and people, a lot of people would just watch, you know, watch us watching cricket and be like, "What are you doing? Mm. Like, this is quite simply the most boring thing they've ever witnessed." Obviously, they'd be wrong, but uh, so do you know what I mean? Like to to criticize someone for being into something that you can't see all the value in. Yeah. Uh, so you it feels a bit harsh, but. So, but actually, you know, that, I'd forgotten about queuing, and that is, I suppose, testament to just how. I mean, it's stating the obvious, isn't it? But just how big this Harry Potter thing is. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite a big deal. But yeah. I can't remember anyone queuing for a book since in Guernsey, apart from the Guernsey Beach kind of thing. But so, so, all I'm saying is, like, fair enough. You know, keep going. Yes, that it is. It's a big it, deal. It's an unusually big deal, even yeah. in a world of Marvel cinematic universes and that kind of thing. And so what you're saying is you don't hate Harry Potter. No. You've just never got into it. I just, yeah, I just don't like it that much. What about you, Ollie? Um, I read the first five books. Uh, I didn't read the rest of them. Why would you stop after? They just got too big. They're <laughs> massive. <laughs> to, get, to read five. I mean, I understand reading one and being like, this isn't really for me. They got, it's like... I after book four, you were like, yeah, still loving this. Oh, no, I enjoyed... Yeah, I really enjoyed the first five. They just got to a stage where, like, I just couldn't... The book was too heavy. It's a massive <laughs> book. Anyway, so I read the first five and I particularly... I remember reading the first one and two uh, the first and second book on a summer holiday and really enjoying those uh, i've seen all the films and apart from the first two i've enjoyed the film series i think there's some really good bits in those films i saw obviously the original fantastic beasts and thought it was okay but i again i just for me i question do we need more from the world of potter like could they not have just left it where it was? Or I don't know why it'd be more interesting to go, which the current theatre production has done, The Cursed Child, it'd be more interesting to go after the Harry Potter book series finished as opposed to going back. Okay, well, that, that's a separate point and definitely one that we'll, we'll get into, like the, the choice of, of when and what this series of films is. But on the point of like, do we need more Potter there's a big part of me that sympathizes with that but is it not the same thing as like do we need more marvel movies or you know any of yeah. these kinds of things that tony's talking about these huge universes these huge franchises and i do feel like we don't need more marvel movies but is that just because i'm not into marvel movies if you're like for people who are into potter are they ever going to be like we don't need any more potter <sighs> and for you is it just you're not into potter yeah so. no no i no i i, I am i am in Potter. I'm a fan of Harry Potter. Don't you? I know I haven't read all the books, but I did enjoy going to see the new movies when they came out. And I really like that world that J.K. Rowling has created, the characters she's created, like the imagination that's got into that whole universe is, you know, amazing. Full credit to that. It's just when something gets made like this film, which I don't know, just didn't sense much love or passion in it. It just felt a bit rushed and a bit sort of bolted together 
Whereas all the other bits that they've done, even the, in, in even arguably the first Fantastic Beast film, at least had that like spark to it. I feel like yeah, that's been lost a little bit, and this one does feel for me more like a it's just a money spending, just going thing. through the motions. Yeah, yeah, I think. Were you going to say something? There? No, I was just going to come back to this point of like, do we need? It's a debate for another day, but you know, I've seen a lot of people getting very excited in the last couple of weeks about uh, new Disney trailers mm. uh, for... So what have we got next year? We've got The Lion King, Aladdin and Dumbo all being made by Disney. I just think like who... I mean, I don't know who's working at Disney these days, but they can't have any or a huge amount of like artistic integrity because who would aspire to work at Disney, one of the greatest factories of you know, creative brilliance in history, and then be like... Do you know, I've got a great idea. Let's just remake the Lion King. Yeah, so I mean? it's this just, is like it's in the same way that they did the Jungle Book, where yeah. it's like it's I don't like know a what the, CGI. I, I don't version know what the defense the is, other than you know, obviously it's going to be a huge money spinner. Like people are just going mad for the Lion King. I know, I know you don't agree, Ollie, and this is completely off topic, so we shouldn't spend too long on it. But I do think it's borderline scandalous. Like I, I understand why people are excited about the Lion King, but do something new. I uh, yes you'll say, oh, this is a 10th Harry Potter film. But at least it is, in theory, a new story. The Lion King, it's just like a shot-for-shot remake of a film we've seen before. What is the point? Because there's a different... It's going to have less magic. It's going to have less less soul. Well, I don't know, because I would agree with you up to a point that, yes, you don't need to retell the same story, which, you know, for The Lion King was an incredibly successful. But I think there's some merit in retelling the story if it's done with a new vision as in like this time they're doing it all with the live action cgi stuff which yeah. and i've seen jungle book the new the the mm-hmm. and it, i really enjoyed it I thought it was really good and it had a really good director and it's this and this and the lion king for example is the same guy who john favreau who did um jungle book it's got a really great voice cast and it does. You're not, you know I, i'm sure it does but you're, you're not selling it to it's a different me. way of like telling and also for a generation who didn't see the cartoon oh but there's no generation that didn't see the cartoon you're not telling <laughs> really open a bit of a we should come back to this another day but you're not telling me that there's that kids now are not watching the lion king cartoon well, no, that's they, like saying i mean we be... watched the jungle book cartoon when we were kids and it was like 40 50 yeah, years well, old i don't point. know if that's the case or not but i just i don't think we should get all het up about disney remaking i'm really the lion angry king. about it you may be able to tell yeah no, I, I don't know. I just, I just think it's stupid. Just so, no, do some something of the comments, else. Yeah, some of the comments I've seen from people I love and respect on social media who have the, you know, posted the Lion King trailer and being like, like basically just like, A, take all my money and B, like <laughs> my life has been made complete yeah. by a remake of a film I love. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Even if it was a sequel, that would be something. This is just, we've seen this film before. Do something else. Yeah, I, 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 I get where you're coming from, but I would, like, if you ever get the chance, not that you're going to, but if you get a chance to watch the, the Jungle Book. But weirdly, the Jungle Book, there's another one coming out in December on Netflix, which is called Mowgli, which is directed by Andy Serkis. And it's, again, the same story, but it's it's like a, a third iteration of the Jungle Book story now. It's not associated with I'd, Disney. What's Andy, I'd, I, haven't, I haven't read anything of, of Andy Serkis. What, what's he said? Is he been like, oh, you know, 
I just want to tell the story again <laughs> with my face. <laughs> well, we should come back to Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, and back come back to the <laughs> just, yeah. just to very quickly say, so yeah, Tony and Ollie, you're not, well, Tony, you're not a, a pothead at all. Ollie, <laughs> Ollie, you're only a kind of borderline pothead. Um, and I haven't seen the first Fantastic Beasts either. Okay. So, but I, like, I'm an enormous fan of the Harry Potter books. And like, Are you? We, we were... <laughs> We were a perfect, we were the perfect age for them in that the first book came out when we were 10, I think, 10 or 11. Was it really that year? Uh, yeah, and wow. the, the last book came out when we were 20. So really they came out throughout our teens. We got older with them. So yeah, I've been a huge fan of the books. I should say that, that there are much bigger Potter fans than me. Like I, At one time, I would have, you know, I'd have counted myself among them, but I, pro- I, don't, think I've, <laughs> I don't think I've read a Harry Potter book for about 10 years since the last one came out. You do have a lightning bolt tattooed <laughs> on your forehead though, Bath. I haven't seen many Potter fans of that. That's, but, uh, a, good, that's a fair point. But yeah. no, I, it's, I think it's a bit of a shame that Patrick's not here because I think he, well, he's certainly got more of an encyclopedic knowledge of, of Harry Potter than, than I do. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the books. I'm, but I have been, a, I've been much more ambivalent about the films. I think there are some really good ones. There are some, certainly the early ones I think are pretty terrible. And I think there are things in them that they got really wrong, like Michael Gambon as Dumbledore, I just think is appalling. Um, but I did love the first Fantastic appalling. Beasts movie. So I was pretty excited for this. And yeah, as you'll be able to tell from my score, I was I was very disappointed. So um, we can get into why, but first of all, I'd be interested to hear from your guys' perspective, particularly for you, Tony, having not seen the first film and not knowing that much about Harry Potter, what you made of it? Did you, did you know what was going on? No, I mean, I didn't know kind of what to expect. I, from the name, I thought I'd get something different. And I, from, from what I can gather from our discussions afterwards, the first film was slightly more creature-orientated. Actually, the things I liked about it, you know, it was much darker than I thought it was going to be, particularly the opening sequence. I, I, I did really enjoy, sequence, really that. grabbed me. That's I was like, like the, the chase across yeah, the sky. I was yeah. like, I don't know what's going on here, but you know, I'm, I'm willing to, to go with it. I was enjoying it at that point. I, to be honest, I didn't know what was going on for then probably two thirds of the film. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't, I didn't know what the plot was. If really. you'd been awake, Tony, you might've caught up a bit more. I, I was really holding on. <laughs> <laughs> It was a stage where I was really fighting a battle <laughs> yeah, and, go, and I lost you'd it. Yeah. Uh, so there were a couple of moments where I blacked out, but other than, <laughs> other than that, the, I, the, the plot is a mess. And I, I think we can all agree on that, yeah. surely. And the end particularly is just one of those things I hate most in big, uh, big budget kind of blockbuster superhero-y fantasy films where it's just like the most nonsensical battle crescendo sequence it was just utterly utterly mesmerically boring was that the bit in the graveyard yeah yeah. just with it's just the classic kind of like you know that every film like this feels that they have to have this kind of final act where okay fair enough you know everything you know you'll probably tell me that's like a crucial element to a story adam but (laughs) this kind of final act where for like 10 or 15 minutes this, all you it's just like quick cuts and the noise is just like and people going and all this kind of stuff for, for, for kind of like 10 or 15 minutes and then eventually or something like that and then it all like dies down and everyone kind of potters for want of a better word potters off for the next for the next next story 
<laughs> Do you know, but that was what it is, isn't it? It's just like not, not visually nonsense, like just colours and stuff flying around and, and noise, and but no actual. I, 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 I grieve you. I did quite enjoy the first part of the end sequence in the sort of, or is it an auditorium or atrium mm. or something with the blue flame and people coming? I quite enjoyed that. I thought that was quite a good part. But one of my main issues with the film was that it was quite forgettable. Like I didn't feel there was much. <laughs> I forgot quite a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, there was, I mean, I didn't find that there was anything really memorable about it. And I think, as you said, Tony, like even though I'd seen the first film, I didn't really have a Scooby's what was going on for quite a while. Um, I really wish that I'd rewatched yeah, the first film. I wish I had as well because I think that may have helped. I mean, it, it's quite alarming in a way. You realise how little you remember mm. of anything you watch. Saw the names, all the characters, all the backstories and everything. I think it was it was quite reliant on people having that first film mm. fresh, I think. Cause it, yeah, you had to sort of work hard to keep up with what was going on. Mm. And uh, yeah, I did struggle at times, even even as a, a, a big pothead, as I say. So, yeah. Is it pothead? No, it's, <laughs> yeah, I think, well... I, Potterhead is probably better, but I don't even know if that's... Was that your name in uh, Amsterdam the other week, Beth? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I think there's there's quite a lot wrong with it. You know, and we can can get into the sort of more nuts and bolts stuff. But for me, there's one major problem kind of underpinning the whole thing, which is actually something that you've touched on already, Ollie, which is when you talked about um, why didn't they do a sequel, like something set after, you know, the Voldemort years. The first film, to me like the first Fantastic Beast film felt like a real kind of opening up of this world of this, of the Potter universe kind of taking off the constraints of, of the existing story and moving to a completely different time period and a completely different country in America. And there's all these kind of, you know, it's rich with possibilities, all these different directions that they can take the story. It's still very much set in the same universe, but it's a different story. And there's lots of little kind of nods and winks and references to the stories that we know but it truly felt like something new. Whereas this film undoes most of that. It returns to England. It literally returns to Hogwarts and to a lot of the characters we already know, like Dumbledore. And it seems to be kind of trying to like maneuver the pieces into place to set up the story that we eventually know, the, the Harry Potter story. It just feels like a prequel. It feels like a direct prequel, which is to me, just much less interesting. It was There was no need to do that. What, what are we getting out of that? We know, we talked about this on a few different things, certainly when we talked about Solo, like Solo, a Star Wars story. The best things in Solo were when it felt like something completely different, where it got boring, where it drags, when it had to kind of tick the boxes of that prequel stuff of like the things we already knew about Han Solo, that kind of thing. And we, you know, we said at the time, why can't they do something brand new in the Star Wars universe? There's so many possibilities. And that, to me, is the problem with this. And I, I feel like like the script is written by J.K. Rowling. Like it is a, a, a Rowling production, isn't it? A Rowling concept. And to me, I just, you know, she's obviously a genius. Like in the true sense of the word, she, she is a genius. She's created one of the best things, best works of fiction ever. But you do just wonder if she's starting to kind of disappear into her own creation a little bit. It's just kind of, there is, I imagine it's a very understandable temptation to just keep going back to the same, just kind of endlessly raking through the same stuff. But it's like, we know all this, we've seen all this. I I, I don't really know what we're getting out of 
seeing young Dumbledore. It was so much better when it felt like something new. Is it a, because obviously I haven't read all the books, but I don't remember it from the ones I did read, but is the trait of like putting twists in, for example, like a thing with Harry Potter? Because I felt with this film, there's two or three times where they're like just waiting to give you that big reveal and twist about um, some of the characters or developments in the story. They just felt a bit like crowbarred in. But there doesn't seem much thought behind it, such as, you know, the reveal about Credence, that he's Dumbledore's long-lost brother. sure he's a Dumbledore. Yeah. It it makes absolutely no sense at all for him to be Albus Dumbledore's brother. Yeah. But he potentially could be his nephew. That's that's the theory that's got a lot of traction, that he's Dumbledore's sister's son. Okay. Yes, I know what you mean. Like that reveal at the end that he's a Dumbledore. That did to me feel a bit kind of silly. But it just, but there's so much in there. Like, as I say, like why, for, for J.K. Rowling, it's just, just going back to the same thing. Like, wh- why do we need to know the backstory of Voldemort's snake, hmm. Nagini? Although, again, this is another problem I have. And we talked about this uh, at the restaurant after we went to see the film. Is retconning. I, I had to explain to you guys what retconning is. I was like, oh, oh don't you know? Um, but it, well, I've looked up the definition just to make sure I got it right, uh, which is to revise an aspect of a fictional work retrospectively, typically by introducing a piece of new information that imposes a different interpretation on previously described events. So that's what, they, what she's done with, for example, Nagini, who is Voldemort's snake, but we learn in this film that Nagini used to be a woman, but is uh, what's what's called a maledictus, a woman who's cursed to eventually turn into an animal. So Nagini used to be a woman, eventually turns into a snake, becomes a Voldemort snake. So now we can go back and read those Harry Potter books with this new bit of knowledge that actually the snake used to be a woman. You know, it was a woman all along. And that's retconning, where you change something about an existing work and to me firstly that particular thing is just stupid I, I, Nagini being a woman is absurd how does that affect your reading <laughs> how does that affect how you sort of perceive Nagini's snake or whatever <laughs> you're talking about well it does affect it because because <laughs> I, I, I mean presumably that this will like there'll be some kind of character arc in the remaining three films in this franchise but um, she, she's like a sort of sympathetic or meant to be a kind of likable character in this but the snake in Harry Potter is is not, you know, well, it's a snake, firstly. But, you know, Nagini kills good characters, eats people alive. Knowing that, that Nagini used to be a woman who we quite liked does make you feel a bit weird about it, I think. But, but I find it hard to be like, oh, yeah. Like, if I read the books again, I would find it hard to be like, oh, wow, yeah, Nagini used to be a woman. Because there's, you're not telling me that J.K. Rowling all along knew that this snake used to be a woman and thought, I'll wait until the 10th the movie comes out before revealing that bit of information. Like, it's just, she's just searching for something kind of surprising, isn't she? How about the sort of reveal, if you like, of Dumbledore's sexuality and the... That's another bit s- of retconning. Supposed, you know, relationship between him and um, Grindelwald. Is that... Is that ever nodded to in in the books, as in Dumbledore's sexuality, or is it again some retconning in this film where it's brought in as a sort of afterthought, if you like? Well, 
the retconning had already taken place. It was it was not new for this film. That's just something that J.K. Rowling has said post the publication of the seventh book. Oh yeah, Dumbledore is gay. He had a relationship with Grindelwald, but that's you don't see that in the books. Which so why, again, why then reveal that? Well, there's you know there's lots of theories as to why she does stuff like this, but one would be that she got some criticism that her characters weren't diverse enough. So after the fact she wants to change that but like if it if it was as important to Dumbledore's character as she's now kind of suggesting that it is why wasn't it in the books you know she had seven books to bring this out so it's clearly something she only thought of after the fact and that to me is just a bit frustrating like it's a bit silly a bit dubious isn't it yeah, so, yeah. And, and well exactly and I, I knew of that of her saying that because it was basically front page news wasn't it, it, was, it, yeah. it when she said it yeah so just to to kind of put it, uh, and not not even allude, it wasn't particularly subtle kind of nod to that suggestion. It was kind of like, yeah, it was just kind of thrown out there. Yeah, although know, interestingly, sorry to interrupt, but you and I both felt that it was really kind of, that it was clattered over our heads, you know, the moment where, you know, there's a suggestion of him having a, gay relationship with Grindelwald but actually the other people we saw it with no one else, <laughs> no, no one really else picked up on it Jude Law may as well have looked at the camera and gone I'm gay because <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he say something like they say oh do you, you had a relationship like brothers and he says no much closer than brothers yeah but then it also I think it cuts to them doesn't it in like embracing or maybe I just imagined that <laughs> maybe I was already drifting off into my own fantasy I was going to ask you Baff as a, as a big Harry Potter fan mm. Jude Law as Dumbledore. How did that sit with you? I mean, not great, but compared to Michael Gambon, much better. I mean, <laughs> I said this on our King of Thieves episode, but I genuinely think that Michael Gambon Dumbledore is one of the worst performances in any film ever, just because it's such a kind of great character, such an iconic character, and he failed so spectacularly. Or it was such a spectacular misreading of the character. But then I do just wonder whether I have an impossible standard because Dumbledore is one of my favorite characters in anything ever. It's a very, you know, it's going to be hard for any actor to, to deliver on that. So, but so compared to Michael Gambon, Jude Law, I think does a decent job, mm. but he's, he's not Dumbledore to me. I thought on the subject of performances, one thing that I was quite impressed with and I didn't think I would be was Johnny Depp as Grindelwald because I found with Johnny Depp in recent times, he's always playing... Johnny Depp turned up to 11 whereas this one it did feel like he toned it down just a bit I I did actually think he was one of the stronger aspects of the film weirdly I thought Eddie Redmayne it turned up the Redmayne factor if you like to 10 or 11 in this one um but weirdly with him like one of the failings of the film is the lack of characterization in it characters are skipped over really quickly it goes back and forth back and forth and Eddie Redmayne actually isn't in the film, I think I said this to you, I didn't feel like he was in the film a huge amount. Um, but yeah, when Johnny Depp was on screen, I thought he was, he was very good. I don't know what you thought of his No, I thought I actually was, was like you, pleasantly surprised, I think. I, I'm, I'm not a huge Johnny Depp, I'm not a Depp head. Um, but, you know, I, I, I thought he did a, a decent job. What, what did you think of Eddie Redmayne too? Eddie Redmayne, I Tony's don't know. Tony's just I on Age of Empires right now. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. For I didn't really know what the character was all about. It just it was a bit of meh for me. I don't know. It wasn't. It was. I can't really. Call, I've got nothing to say. I can't really comment. I'm not. <laughs> no comment. 
I'm I know. I don't, I don't know. I, I, he didn't. It didn't bother me as much as some other people in our just you know post film discussions. But then I didn't equally. I wasn't like mesmerized or like I wasn't kind of wowed. Mesmerized. I, I'm with you, Ollie. Like he, he's actually not in it that much. Or he's certainly, kind of by the end of the film, he's barely in it. Which is interesting because he was completely central to that first movie. But this again just feels like there's a lot going on in this film, isn't there? And it feels more like she's trying to to pull these threads together to kind of put these pieces in place for, it's filler, for the later it? stories. And, and he's not central to those later stories. And so we're going to get one of these films every two years for the next six years, mm-hmm. which is a depressing thought in a way. I, I'll, I'll almost... How many, how many more are they doing, sorry? So they're doing three more. There's five in the, right, in okay. the series. Part of me wants to bet that the fifth one won't get made. But part of me thinks as well that maybe they just chuck in a bad one so that when the next one comes out, people are like, this one's actually really good, like they did with Harry Potter, the first films. I mm. think this might be the bad one. Well, exactly. I reckon they might do it deliberately. Or maybe I've just, you know... So they get the return to form. Exactly. Narrative. And then people are like, no, it's actually really good. And then there's a, like a renewed buzz about it. So you sneak in... Yeah, sorry. You sneak in a bad film in your second one you know, you're riding on the coattails of the first one, so you still make a load of money, but it doesn't actually have to be very good at all. You can just literally churn out in the morning. And then you, 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 you crank it up for the third one, return to form, boom, that carries you through. I know, I know what you mean. I just, I wouldn't, for me, I wouldn't associate the word bad with anything that J.K. Rowling's involved with. I don't think stuff that she should be outputting is bad. Like, it's not what do you overall mean? A, as in like quality control thing. Like, You I, mean that she shouldn't be putting a name to something that's bad? So you don't think like, she'll have done it deliberately? I don't think she's done it deliberately. Or do you mean that nothing that, in your opinion, nothing J.K. Rowling does is bad? No, as in like, it just seems like a real misstep, this one. As in like, obviously, I, I've said before, I haven't read all the books, but the books I did read, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the majority of the films. It just felt like filler. It's just, that's the word for it. It's filler setting up for, as you said, putting all the threads together, trying to bring it all together to set up the the next few films well the, uh, the films we've already seen i don't know just I, I find it weird that a bad piece of entertainment is associated with her name I, I, d- I don't think they'll have done it deliberately i don't think she's deliberately been like let's make a bad one <laughs> guys let's make a shit one <laughs> are the next three films though are they going to carry up to the first harry potter or are they going to go beyond no or? i don't think so i, I, are they going to take a sidestep and i mean I, I, who knows i've got no idea on, I, i'd assume that it's all going to be in this sort of time period sort of 1920s, early 1930s, which is a full 60 years before the events of Harry Potter. But it is, it's the youth of Dumbledore. It's stuff that we've heard about through the books, Grindelwald and those sorts of things. Are there any other good backstories that you hear about in the books that you'd want to see told? Is, is it likely they, that like Potter's parents will turn up at well, some point? Well, this is it. I mean, so that, that would be an example of something you're talking about, Tone. Like what else could they do? I mean, that... Harry's parents, when they were at school, that Harry. would be a, a, a backstory they could do with young Snape and all of that as well. Ultimately, I think that you're inevitably going to run into problems if you do backstory mm. because and, we uh, know how this works out. And in the same way as well that we, we I think we talked about with, you know, with Star Wars, it, it's, there's just an air of cyni- cynicism about mm. it in that if you do these kind of stories, then you inevitably have to cast a young Snape and a young this, that and the other and that gets that generates a little bit of you know a few crumbs of buzz, and then you know you get enough crumbs of buzz together, and you've got a buzzing biscuit. But you've got your you know you've got you know it all builds up to something. Whereas you know take a risk, 
yeah. do something new. Yeah, that's very much how I feel, as I say. And I, I, I do think that that first film was heading in that direction. What's so disappointing to me about this one is it feels like she's just like pulled the brakes on that idea. There was as well like a couple of characters in it where who I, quite en- I remember quite enjoying in the first film. That's Jacob and Queenie. Oh, yeah. The American yeah. couple. And again, in this one, it just felt like they were just forgotten about. They were Spare parts. Yeah, exactly. And it's a shame because they were developed well in the first one and in this one again it just felt like they were accessories to the he was one of the best things in the first yeah one, he's he? really funny yeah mm. it just all felt a bit rushed and mm. diced together without too much thought some of the uh, some of the names the words the language grates on me again though it, I, I do kind of think like for someone who maybe might be massive into harry potter but isn't into cricket <laughs> it'd be the same as you know then watching you know turning on a bit of cricket and hearing like you know, the jargon and just How's the names that? and they're not meaning anything Silly to them. So I, I, do, I, I was like, do you know what I mean? Like the characters in a, in a cricket match might be completely, you know, no one would know if you're not into it, the backstory, the nuances of it. But I, just, I don't know, stuff like Bunty annoyed me. <laughs> Who's Bunty? I think like Redmayne's like uh, assistant or whatever oh yeah but then yes. I just work, just names like Bunty just <laughs> find a bit annoying. And also the speech uh Grindelwald's like speech at the end it's just that sort of cliched classic over the top spiel that like baddies give in movies I I, I really lost the interest in that so going back to what we were saying towards the start of this show I think I would have probably enjoyed this more had I watched the first movie prior to going to see this one I think yeah, I rewatched it yeah exactly because I think felt like I was getting lost quite a lot in it mm. trying to remember what was all going on because you don't need to have seen Harry Potter to watch these films but I think you need to see the first one to watch the first Fantastic Beasts yeah although in your defense like I, I think it is a movie that's quite hard to keep up with and part of that is because it's sort of expecting you to have watched the first film within the last few days but also just there's maybe another problem with it is the script it is a rowling script, but maybe she could have done with someone. You know, it feels weird sort of criticizing someone who I think is a you know all time great writer, but maybe she could have done with someone who has a bit more of experience writing scripts. It does maybe feel like someone who's used to writing novels, writing a script you know, where everything has to be much tighter and all that kind of stuff. Because there's a lot of exposition in this movie. It's, it's more or less a movie of exposition. The whole sort of reveal of of who Credence really is, and you know when we see like the bit on the Titanic where she swaps the babies and you know, her real brother drowns and that kind of thing. Like that's all told through exposition. It's not dramatized. It's, it's just a lot of them like talking about who characters really are and stuff like that. Like it's with a few sort of cutaways and flashbacks. Yeah. And, and that a kind of loses a bit of dramatic punch, but B does make it kind of hard to keep up with because you're sort of having to, to follow someone telling a story rather than actually just like witnessing it playing out in front of you. This is my last question, really. What did you like in it? Because we, we've all given it not positive scores, but not devastating scores. So there must have been some things that you liked in it. I liked the opening sequence, Johnny Depp's performance as Grindelwald. I thought that was good. I also liked one of the creatures in it. I can't remember what it was called, but um, the one that Newt catches in the film, it's that like, the big cat the thing. big cat thing yeah i thought that was cool there are a few laughs in it from jacob not enough it was just yeah underwhelming forgettable with a few performances and set pieces which i thought were good 
Tane, what does it? I mean, you've actually given it the the best, the bit, the highest score out of the three of us. I know. I, I yeah, I think I've probably overegged it a bit. Thinking <laughs> uh, back when you asked the question, what did I like? No, I, I probably should have given it a four already. Although, uh, and if have, you can't think of a single thing you liked, then by Ollie's yeah, rules, you should have given it a zero. Yeah, I mean, and it's a bit of a th- common theme, and I guess we probably should look past it. But you know, elements of it looked quite nice. I did, yeah, I did like the big uh, Chinese cat dragon thing uh i did like that little bit i you know i wanted to see more of the beast but i did like the bit where it's he's ferreting around his place and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger when he catches oh, the underwater he, ones, yeah right? when cool. he goes into his briefcase and yeah yeah is that his briefcase yeah i must have woken up after he'd gone in there yeah <laughs> i know i quite I, uh, yeah i quite like that the opening sequence i did think was it was pretty cool but yeah, I probably should have given it a four on reflection. I don't know. We 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 did that in the first ever episode of this podcast, didn't we? We had a, a reassessment at the end. Yeah, true. But we still, we've stopped doing that. So you'd yeah. be revising your score downwards. Yeah, I think so. Based on the fact that I can't remember anything. <laughs> genuinely, I'm, I'm st- yeah. I'll stick with mine. Four point five. Yeah. I think I'm going to go back down. I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go down to a four. Mm-hmm. Should we just give it zero? All I think us? we could actually probably all come down a mark, to be honest, or a mark and a half. I mean, it's still Harry Potter, which I love. So from that point of view, it's there were things that I enjoyed in it, but I was really disappointed because I had quite a high expectation. big fan of the first one. Yeah, well, I really like yeah. the first one. And this I just found boring, hard to follow, yeah. just a bit of a mess. And yeah, as I say, the, the fundamental problem for me is that it's just a, a bad choice of story to tell yeah. and that's quite a hard thing to solve for the next few films but um if jk rowling is listening which uh, i assume she is sort it out <laughs> sort it out i mean it's interesting we we we've been banding around a sort of film list for 2019 maybe we can talk about this on a later episode there's a lot of films on that list that are parts of franchises or prequels sequels threequels whatever Squeakles, yeah, Sarah Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. You know. you know, it's not obviously it's not a pretty new phenomenon with Hollywood. I mean, I, I can remember when we were like fifteen, being annoyed at the number of sequels and stuff that are coming out. But Honey, yeah, I, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe we should f- try and flip flop a bit more on this podcast between the you know the franchise movies and more original stuff. Well, we do kind of well, do that. We do. It, we it do. depends what time of year. I mean, when when it gets around to Oscar season, there'll be much more stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's tricky when most films that come out are also sequels. as well and this is no diss to the mallards but we can <laughs> they do a great job up there yeah, they do but i mean <laughs> we can only watch what they screen and there's you know a lot of films which unfortunately with a smaller release don't get shown over here so we don't we we do our best to watch as much as we can mm. um, i mean we've even got adam watching some horror films this year so yeah true well, actually, this is my, my very final question. Despite your negative reviews, are you glad you went to see it? It filled two hours on Saturday <laughs> night. I can't say that... The only, the only possibility of me watching it again would be if we go and watch the third one, I will know to watch mm. the other two maybe to fill in for the, for the third one. But God, it filled two hours. It's such a backhanded compliment, isn't it? So, yeah, it's not a well, ringing you, are endorsement. Are you glad you saw it? Yes, I think so. You would have been disappointed not to have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And also, you know, the, the opportunity to spend a few hours with you guys and That's have dinner true. afterwards. 
watch you sleep priceless yeah exactly and i had a good snooze (laughs) in parts of it the curry was good though wasn't it great curry shout out to the uh taste of india at lare very good (laughs) they They do a great great job job. (laughs) (laughs) nicest people in the world as well yeah um true story actually not sponsoring the show no uh, unfortunately not maybe you can if you want to yeah let's see if we can get them and yazoo to uh front the show next time the taste of yazoo yeah uh all right guys Thanks for that. I think it worked well in this studio. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Be interested to see how it sounds. <laughs> I feel very comfortable in here. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, just Dane. Thanks for your contribution, Dane. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us around, Tone. Pleasure. Thanks, Dane. So what's next? Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines yes. around Crimbo. And then we'll get, hopefully we'll do a Christmas special. Christmas special. A Christmas special. Christmas special. All right. Looking forward to that. See you all next time. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Bye. No, I don't. I, yeah, the, the, you know, carry on. No, you can cut that. That's it. Uh, are we not doing oh. Bumblebee? No. Is that washer? Is that dishwasher going to be an issue? Do you think? You can definitely hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting all your dishes. Washed. Can you stop it, or can it be stopped, or is it? Can it be stopped? Uh. Well, I suppose it could be paused. It's only really just stuck. You can definitely hear it. In yeah, the you can. Can we pause it? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Can you? <laughs> well, you can. Yeah, if you open it, it will just stop. stop. Yeah, but then it will just sit there. Yeah, but as well, yeah, soon but you as you put it on again, it, it will start yeah. again. <laughs> but then it'll, it'll just but this is the thing he's just sat there hoping for it to stop it's like <laughs> well I think it's just in that loud face isn't it yeah it's only just started though hasn't it there you go there you go I mean you can always start it again from scratch Tone yeah yeah it'll be alright <laughs> are you going to get in trouble with Emily if it, <laughs> yeah. if it doesn't clean I think it's probably like 95% of all the tension in my relationship with Elena comes from the dishwasher. It's just, <laughs> really? It's, yeah. Mate, I feel your pain. And it's probably got her ear to the door. It's like, so well, if she doesn't, she'll hear this on the outtakes. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs>